Film Autopsy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It has returned. The newest that. episode, baby. June. It's June. It's I know. <laughs> all over. <laughs> we got the Kung Fu Santa himself, Rick Myers. That's right. Back in the house with Fat Samurai Guy. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Who do we got in the house today? We got Roll Call. Gilbert, what's going on? Certified channel badass member. What is going on? We got AJ saying, let's go movies. We got Lady Danish in the house. Looking forward to this. Fat Samurai Guy and Kung Fu Santa is what I needed tonight. All right. All right. Well, we will not disappoint. And Jake Hall, what is going on? Oh, yeah. So, Brother Rick, how have you been, my friend? Well, I tell you, June has been a, a very popular month for me. I got I got my invitation to the Minions premiere because I consulted on the movie two years ago. I consulted on the movie. Ooh! On Saturday in L.A., guess who didn't go? <laughs> but I should be seeing it soon, and all of you can see it this week. And tell me what parts of it you think I suggested. Because there's one thing that's very clear that in the previews, I saw something. I went, oh, yeah, I came up with that. They asked me something and I told them, well, it doesn't make any sense what you're trying to get them to do. You should just have them do this. And I see all the toys and I see all in the uh, previews and the commercials. They did what I suggested. But there was a lot of other things I suggested. And you guys can all guess because I haven't seen it yet. So I'm not sure what made it in. Also, I want to ask you. That when you see it, take a look in the background. And if mm -hmm. you see anybody who looks like me. Okay. Because at one point, somebody at Illumination, very high up, sort of said, we'll put you in. Really? Okay. We can't give you more money, but we'll put you in. <laughs> and I went, well, for sure. I don't believe it. And I don't even think I'm in the special thanks either because I'm not, I have a DNR, you know, do not reveal. But right. I, I didn't have a contract, so I doubt they can even legally put me in the special thanks. But they acknowledged that I did it. Then meanwhile, also coming up, there's this book. Yes. They shouldn't have killed his dog. And one of the reasons they used Gun Fu in the title, you see the subtitle there, mm -hmm. the complete uncensored ass-kicking oral history of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the New Age of Action was because of me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm told I'm all over this book. Nice. All right. It's by the same guys who did that great James Bond book, Nobody Does It Better, which I'm also all over. And I just, and they're doing a new book on the Superman films, which I'm wow. not all over, but I was on the set of the original Chris Reeve, Richard Donner Superman in, in England on Pinewood Studios for three weeks. So I I told them all about that. So I'm probably going to be in that book too, but that's going to be another year or whatever. So nice. that's what I'm doing in June, in addition to some projects that I really can't mention. Oh, maybe, off, maybe off the air, Rick. Right. Off well, the air, you already know. <laughs> you already know. Well, that's cool about the Superman book, all you DC fans out there. That's awesome because Rick was there when the magic was, was happening. I'll that's tell right. you what I told them in the book. I was with Christopher Reeve at his New York apartment the day before Superman opened. And we got along really well in England because 
almost everybody else didn't like him in England because he was so nervous about being a big star that he just stayed in character all the time. And people were kind of annoyed by that. But I completely understood it. I talked to Gene Hackman on the set, and I was told by the photographer on the set that Gene Hackman didn't talk to anybody. Mm. But we talked acting. I did. I wasn't a big fanboy. I just right. was saying, how did you do this and how did you do that in all these movies of his that I've seen? And he was happy to share that. And Christopher Reeve, I knew what he was going through, or I guessed what he was going through. So I was very kind to him. So he was very kind to me. Invited me over to his apartment in New York the day before it opens, big premiere. He knew I wasn't invited to the premiere because I was a reporter for Starlog. And we were getting a great time, but I knew what was going to happen. And I said to him, you know, after tomorrow, we'll probably never see each other in person again. Yeah. And he went, oh, no, sure we will. Sure we will. Guess what? <laughs> yeah, the movie just had to have been a big hit and he had to become a star. So, man. That's fine with me. I mean, I, I followed his career. And look what a great hero he ultimately became. Yeah. Still after, the best. Still the, the best in my in my humble opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not in, not for three and four. Not for right. Super right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not his fault. Well, uh, but con congratulations okay. on those upcoming projects. Yeah, congrats. It's fun. It's fun to do what you love. You know. Yeah. Really anyway, so that's one of the things I love is the action film autopsy and talking with you about all June movies. Let's talk June. All right, let's just jump right into it here. Samurai, it's not on our list, so I wanted to check before we started. Okay. Did you see the Netflix movie, The Man from Toronto? I have not. Not yet. Okay. Do you want to talk about it now or save it for the right, next one? I want to give my opinion of go it. Go for it. Let's go. It is the worst kind of Netflix movie. It's <laughs> so it's the, like Red I, Notice? Huh? <laughs> so it's like Red Notice? No, I liked Red Notice. I know you did. I'm just messing with you. Between Red Notice and The Man from Toronto, yeah, is the is the difference between The Rock and Kevin Hart. Ah, The okay. Rock can control himself, right, right, right. Kevin Hart can't. <laughs> so since this was his movie, since this was the movie, and Woody Harrelson's in it too, and it's another one of my favorite genres. You know my favorite genre, badass, badass assassin. <laughs> Bad assassin. It's the assassination. It's the bad assassination. Another hitman movie directed right. by the guy who did the hitman's wife and the hitman's bodyguard and the hitman. Oh, same guy. Okay. Same guy, but okay. but controlled by Kevin Hart. So it's out of control. Mm. And as such, and I'm at this point, I am so overdosed on these assassin movies that I am sick, really sick and tired, especially with what is going on in the real world. Right. With just these callous murders. These, you know, just everybody dies, people are blowing up, there's a huge amount of collateral damage. And I've decided, in addition to, you know, changing the way people fight on screen, which is why I started the action film autopsy to try to change that. And it is changing to agree. I want them to change the way they handle guns in movies because it's so effing unrealistic. Mm, okay. I probably think there's maybe two or three movies in the history of cinema, which even gets close to communicating what it's actually like to work with guns. 
to use guns. And the way, you know, Schwarzenegger and, and Stallone would just use them like they were made out, they were made out of feathers, you know, <laughs> filled with air and shooting people. One of yeah. the, I, I will tell you this, you don't It's know fun though, Rick, it's fun. It's not fun. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that the project I'm working on now is involving a gentleman who through his life had to kill a lot of people. Mm. And he went through a terrible experience. This He almost committed suicide. Oh, my goodness. Because as the Kung Fu teaches you, every time you kill someone else, you kill a piece of yourself. Mm. And, and all those things in movies where you see all the past victims come to haunt the murderer. Right. He found out that was true. Oh, he hasn't. He hasn't had a, 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 a night without a nightmare for years wow it has an effect and i want you know and now kids you see again adults yeah adults can say it's fun and by the way because i wrote the dirty harry novels i shot every weapon that was available to shoot in the 80s so i know how it feels yeah yeah and i knew the rush of fear and power that i got every time i pulled the trigger but that's only in john woo movies and that's just because of chow young fat's great acting Right, right. So from here on in, I'm going to say, look, we got to teach the kids. It's not easy. It's not simple. It's not fun. For everybody it, watching right now, can you give one of the examples of the movies that do it right? In well, your opinion, it's we yeah, are basically the John Woo movies get a little closer, and also one of the greatest gun movies I ever saw was Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood's movie. Oh, the classic. One of the ways you can tell a good gun movie is if you can count the bullets. And, mm. every, and every single bullet counted in that movie. There wasn't a bullet shot in that movie that you didn't know why and where it was going and what happened with it. And also, I want to see pain. I want to mm. see... Um, and that was another thing. I liked Die Hard enormously because the hero showed... Effort, emotion, passion, and compassion. But still, you can't count the bullets in that movie. But mm -hmm. even so, if you have a character who shows you what it feels like, and a character, and also the victims, that's another thing about these movies. All these people are mowed down. Mm. You do not see the bodies. Very rarely. Oh, certainly not all the bodies of everybody who's killed. In something right. like Superman, Superman, not, uh, what is it, Man of Steel, Thousands of people have killed in that, and you don't see a single you don't see a single corpse. Right. And, I, and I'm saying from here on in, and they do the same thing in movies to get a PG. They don't show the blood. Right. They show the fucking blood. Oh, oh, hold on, wait. We got here. I'm gonna blow it up. Yeah. Everybody, say it again. Show the fucking blood. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> show, show what happens when someone is shot. Yes. I mean, in Wild Bunch, they did show that. Oh, that is if amazing. You, if you do it so cavalierly, where dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people are mowed down, then it's it's not as effective because then it becomes another movie. But you saw all the shootings that have been happening in the real world. Yeah, imagine showing those. They won't even show those bodies. They'll show the other ones. They'll show mm. all the bodies in the movies. And I'm saying, I'm not saying cold turkey. We don't have to do this cold turkey. But come on, people, become a little responsible. Yeah. Well, that sucks about the man because uh, 
Manta Toronto. I, I at least wanted to watch it for Woody. Yeah, but Woody's great, but he's again asking, he's being asked to play an unrealistic person. He does it as well as he can. But Woody's now doing the same thing that Liam Neeson and a lot of other guys are doing. He's making money for his old age. Or right. he's doing right. he's doing, you know, uh what was not the Venom movie, the Venom sequel that Woody was in. He's he's taking more parts, I think, now than he would have when he was younger. He's not being as selective. Right, I right. Don't you? I don't blame him. Uh Cassius Clay had a question here. He says, speaking of blood, uh, who do we have to kidnap and hold ransom to get the uncut version of the big boss? I gotta see that saw scene. It's funny, uh, I, that does that doesn't exist, right? That I, was just a photo I, still. I saw it. Oh, shit. The, first, the first time I ever saw the big boss back in the 70s, I saw that scene. So no way. Yeah, I'll never forget it. That was just like in the theater. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> that was great!" And the nude, oh. and the nude of the later's. I saw no. I saw the nude scene in that movie too. Right. I well, know. I saw it in good. Boston. I right. saw it in my college years at the Symphony Theater in Boston, and I didn't know it was cut or uncut. I think after after Bruce got big, yeah, then maybe they started doing that. But basically, I have, and 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 you can find them on the web, uh, Hector. Uh, all these uh, Bruce collectors. One of my one of the famous Bruce collectors has got to have it. So yeah, wow. Kidnap them. Yeah. Cash is you have to search the World Wide Web and eBay. Just go, <laughs> Just go on Facebook and look up some of the Bruce uh, yeah. the Bruce pages. Right. And see all the names. Find the likely suspects. They'll, yeah, because when I when I when I when I watched uh, it was Fist of Fury. The Fox VHS release. Oh, forget and it. then later that was the edited one. And then later I got it like a DVD import, mm-hmm. and you see the end where the you know Bruce sticks the fingers in in, in the villain, and then the blood comes out and all that. I th- I thought that was the the uncut version. I guess I guess there's that saw scene still out there. So great question from uh, Cassius. Yeah, and you can. Find, there. I'm telling you, you can find it. Wow. I'm wow. not. You know, I'm not a big fan of Bruce fans, so I don't. <laughs> I don't follow. I follow everybody else more than I follow Bruce. I love Bruce. Again, yeah. that's something else you should. Speaking of autopsy, it, on the Reels channel, if you have the Reels channel, they have a show called Autopsy: The Final Days of or the Final Hours of. They interviewed me for hours for the upcoming Brandon Lee episode. Oh, okay. Very happy with what I said on that show. So I'm really looking forward to the final cut to see how much of what I said remains in the film nice nice so oh, cool forward to that check that uh, out for sure well, let's actually start the show all right uh oh, really quickly really quickly before we start the show when i first saw the wild bunch yeah the first time i saw it it was the extended version you know the ex, you know the not the chopped edited version right. my jaw dropped on that end finale shootout i was just like wow yeah. <laughs> I just want to throw that in there really quick. Yeah. Like I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, it's Sam Peck and Paul. But now again, everybody's just slowing down, so it's not a matter of killing as many people as you can with as much blood as you can, because that starts to get unrealistic. Just start, just start spoonful of realism. Every couple of movies, you good directors out there, spoonful of realism when it comes to guns. That's right. Then we can get on to car crashes, and and show the fucking blood. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fucking blood, but don't show it in dozens of people. 
have us feel it with one person we care about if uh, you're going to shoot. There you go. All right, let's move on to our first film of the night. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight, and some of these Samurai Guy has not seen, but that's why you're here to, to hear what Kung Fu Santa's thoughts on these uh, films and TV series. Uh, some of these I did see, but first off, a movie with we're guaranteed to have no blood in it. <laughs> Lightyear. Uh, what is your thoughts about Lightyear? I, I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really interested. It looked like another run-of-the-mill generic nobody star movie. Nobody is interested in this movie. It didn't do well the first week. I was I figured it would not because this is this is 21st century Pixar. Pixar started doing all these awesome, awesome movies. And as most filmmakers will tell you, you don't want to do that because you run out of steam very quickly. You lose, you, there's only so many great ideas. And if you use them all up, what are you going to do then? So what happened was that was also the John Lasseter Pixar. And John Lasseter, they finally called him on being so handsy and being so power mongering and being so sexist. And so he, mm. so as, so, so Lightyear is in the same category as Toy Story 4. Which well, I didn't see, well, by the way. There you go. Same thing. Most people that I talked to didn't go see it because they said Toy Story 1 through 3 was the perfect trilogy. Perfect. And therefore, why would we see this new one? Well, of course, I love Pixar. Everything they do, although sometimes, like Good Dinosaur, and I think there was one, oh, yeah, Brave, and there's some others that had problems behind the scenes, but most of them are great, and I know their hearts are in the right place. Yeah, There's always a reason for what happens. So what happened with Toy Story 4 is that they did not make that for you, the audience. They made that for themselves to exercise the spirit of Lassiter out of the Toy Story series. Lightyear, they wanted to make that for themselves. For reasons, I'm going to let you guess. But there's a hint. Money. (laughs) Not money, because they're not making the kind of money. They Believe me, Pixar does not make this stuff for money. They don't. They've already made all their money with their genius movies. They're now trying to see, they're trying to figure out what to do next. Mm. Already been up here, what to do next. So they decided to do Lightyear. Lightyear. They did the best they could. It's a very good movie. It's okay. It's it's great science fiction. It's got real emotion. It's got real passion. It's a wonderful foundation for toys for what comes up with Toy Story. That cat character is awesome. So I say he's the best character in the movie. <laughs> because he's 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 the one thing in the movie that's Pixar. Everything mm. is real. Everything else is human beings. The cat robot is the cartoon character. So it's a really, really good movie, as oh. Toy Story 4 was also a really good mo- movie. Okay. But they they made a mistake this time by not. Because usually Pixar and Disney do not reveal the plot in their trailers. They want to keep it as a surprise. I'm waiting for them. Well, they're, of course, this movie is going to go on Disney Plus and do extremely well <laughs> in 45 days. So they don't have to recut another trailer. But I was right. hoping that they would do 
for the first time a trailer that actually shows you the plot. And that might have got that made of more that might have made more people go hmm, and want to go see it. Right. It, it's a good and when you do see it, I think you'll enjoy it because I so okay. And I'm a science fiction writer, so you know. So it was actually so it was fun. It's it's very it's it's very good. That's okay, look at that. The best phrase for it. I wouldn't use fun, although it is. The cat is fun, but the rest of it is very good. All right. All right. Well, that's good to know. I I, uh, I heard good things about what they did with Zerg. Yep. Stay for stay all the way to the end. Okay. Okay. Go we got some end credits. Yep. All right. All right. So thumbs up for uh for Lightyear. All right. So I like the Harry Potter movies for what they are. They're they're, they're entertaining. <laughs> but but I never um when when the movies ended, I stopped. And I'm not really invested in the books or anything else outside of that to continue. Uh, I was good with the with the movies. I was fine with the movies. So, well, have you, Rick, the, sh- the the show is yours here. Well, have you seen the Wizarding World? Because the Harry no. movies were were very entertaining and very good. The Wizarding World movies are just crippled. They're <laughs> just you know, it's it really it broke my heart. I mean, I'm a writer, so yeah. I really admired what J.K. Rowling did with the original Harry Potter books. And then she decided to do movie scripts. And I learned a long time ago, a movie script is different than a book. It's a completely different art form to do. If you're, I mean, same thing with comic writing. I mean, I worked with, uh, what's his name? Uh, The Superman, uh, John Byrne. John Byrne had Mm. always wanted to be a novelist, not a comic writer. And I read his first novel, and I told him, it's a comic book put into prose form. You want to write a novel, which is completely different art, which is why they got me to write the Incredible Hulk novel, because they wanted somebody who, was in, who had worked in comics but had also written books, novels. So, that's, so it's, you can see the difference between my comic work and the Incredible Hulk writing novel. So in any case... J.K. Rowling comes and makes, in the first Wizarding World movie, um, it was it was her version of movies she had already seen. It was just mm. one film cliche after another. Okay. Then the movies, because she, she decided to get involved in something that she should have not gotten involved in. If she wants to tell her friends, her family, People at parties, what she thinks about transgender. More power to you, JK. You can have your opinions. But again, what good would come? I would say to her, what good will come of this? Risk Mm. versus reward. Why is it so important for you to express yourself to a bunch of strangers, to go into a dark bar and say and give your opinion on how people, other people, other people should live. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that helped her enormously. <laughs> the morals of the books are completely opposite from this take. Hmm. Moral of the books is be who you are. Right, right, right. Be a muggle if you're a muggle. Be a wizard if you're a wizard. Be a sorcerer if you're a sorceress. The movies just kept getting worse. This is not as bad as the first three in the series. But that's not high praise. Saying that it's not as bad 
<laughs> as the other three, it's still not good. So, so this is the fourth movie. I believe this is the fourth. Oh you my guys, god! If if the if anybody watching knows that I'm wrong, I think it's the fourth. I could be wrong. It could be okay. Different. Still, I didn't know there were that many of these. Actually, it's so not as point. good as the other ones. I mean, it's better than the other ones, but it's better still than good. It's, it's not, not a great movie. Most good as Harry Potter. I mean, right, right. you have to be a real fan to sit through this, and it's fascinating to see. To see the effect of J.K. Rowling sharing her opinion with the public had on her film, because you know they have that wonderful Harry Potter Broadway show, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yeah, I saw the right? trailer for that. Yeah, they wanted to make a movie of that, starring oh. the original Harry Potter. Okay, so it's just the third. It's the third Harry movie. Potter grown up, but guess who's not going to be in it? Mm. Because of her. Right, 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 right. He already came out and saying, "You really." <laughs> so he, so she ruined another awesome thing she could have done. But you know, if that's your opinion, you've already made all your money. You've already done great work. It's it's a shame that this is not great work. I sat right. through this. Oh yeah, when you come back, you okay. come back. I'll show you the expression. I said, <laughs> I was wearing a watch. I'd be going. No, actually, I sat through it like this. <laughs> you mean you mean you weren't excited to watch everyone's favorite actor in America, Ezra Miller? <laughs> Ezra was good. The actors were great. I love Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, oh, I, that's good. That's good to know that he was good well, in the film. And, the, so. and by the way, since we're the action film autopsy, let me talk about that. The action was uninspired. Oh, but boo! Let's do the action. Here we go. Here's the action in that movie. <laughs> stand in point that's it <laughs> you think they get creative with, with magic let's go exactly. you know? in other words what's great about magic is that every wand holder has a different personality and the wand can respond as they did in the harry potter movies in character and here it's just there really was a sense yeah there was a real sense of of let's just get this done. It's it had the um, it had the rise of Skywalker feeling to it, which is okay. Let's just finish this. Let's just get through this. Yeah, because they knew they were working. They were they were pushing the rock uphill, and not right. Going the jo Rock Johnson, the boulder. They were pu pushing a boulder uphill. All right. So the secrets of Dumbledore, uh, Samurai Guy. will skip that. That was good. Very good. <laughs> Thank Very you. Good. I have my moments. Yeah, moments. man. Now this, uh, you know, I'm not really into romantic comedies, but if if I do come across a romantic comedy, uh, and it's good, I can enjoy it. You know, yeah. uh, it's not my number one genre of choice. When I saw the trailer for this next movie, I was like. Okay, the only thing that's I was like, okay, I, you know, Daniel Radcliffe looks like he's having fun, and the Brad Pitt, like, like the snippet of the Brad Pitt scene that everyone raves about and says the best part of the movie. I was like, okay, well, that's kind of hilarious. I was definitely getting you know, uh, romancing the stone vibes uh, a little bit from this from the trailer. It's, uh, but hey, listen, the movie is a ripoff, uh, romancing the stone. It's practically a remake. Wow. It is ludicrous how much comes from Romancing the Stone. So wow. if you Romancing the Stone, you may have a little problem with the Lost City, which I did. 
Okay. So I wasn't so far off then. <laughs> no, not even close. I mean, I, I I kept on expecting to see the credit inspired by Romancing the Stone. Wow. It's a carbon copy. It's even more of a carbon copy than The Force Awakens is of Star Wars. <laughs> it's more so. However, it okay. is a fun movie. Okay. If you stream it, you can have fun. But it's not serious in any way. Oh, believe me, there's no... There's no reality in this one. <laughs> I mean, in other words, when people fight and people do other, again, they're playing it for laughs. Yeah, the big, as you see, the big explosions. The cast <laughs> on, the idea is romancing the stone. Brad Pitt is great. Channing Tatum is adorable. But, I'm for, you know, I love Sandra Bullock because she's shameless. <laughs> and, she, and she keeps telling her director, yeah, get, do a close-up. Do a close-up of what appears to be my altered face. What appear? I mean, I'm not saying she had work done, but okay. I. it sure looks like she did. Well, speaking of getting a lot of work done, that's yeah. that'll be an actress in a movie we're going to talk about a little bit later. Very, uh, but... very true. That's very true. <laughs> he did have a lot of fun. He won. He won the MTV Award for Best Villain, which I think was nonsense. But still, he was having fun. All right, good. And the movie is fun. The movie moves along, and the fight scenes are really nicely done. Really, thick, but Brad Pitt scene—it's making me really look forward, looking forward to the bullet train. Yes, I can't yeah. wait to talk about that yeah. with you for he, the next uh, autopsy. Extremely well. And the, does anybody mind if I do a spoiler? No, go ahead. <laughs> Brad Pitt, at the end, in his mid part of his sequence, at the end of his sequence, he's only a cameo. Well, not a cameo. He's a guest star. Yeah. He gets shot in the head. He gets <laughs> shot in the head. What? And guess who shows up in the end credit sequence? Who? Brad Pitt. He's back as the same character. <laughs> That's all you need to know about the movie. He is okay. shot in the head and he survives. He's just that badass. It's almost like Obi-Wan. He, well, he said, which is in a way it's kind of true because, you know, uh, the guy who was um, uh, the Australian, you know, put another shrimp on the Barbie guy. Yeah, yeah. He had a, he had a, uh, uh, he had a brain tumor and he had to get a brain operation. And he was fine afterwards. And he said what Brad Pitt says in the movie, which is it, it hit a part of the brain I don't use. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that, so that's kind of true. That's hilarious. But that's the movie for you. All right. So it's all right. It's you just, just like Obi-Wan where people are constantly stabbed with lightsabers. In the <laughs> and they're fine. They're perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly fine. I just got to go rest for a minute. <laughs> that's it. Perfectly fine. Put a flash on my waist. And, you know, it's the way they do it in the Japanese samurai movies, you know, just talk. Oh, in the Chinese movies, too, when in the Chang Che movies where they get their guts ripped out. And they're, yeah. Like in the Super Ninja. Yeah. They would just tie it off. They would tie, not tie off a cloth. They would tie off their intestines. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. All right. That's your word. Show the fucking blood. Show the fucking blood. Love it. All right, well, here we go. Let's go ahead and speak of the show of fucking blood. Uh, the Northmen. 
uh we did review this a while back and uh some people were disappointed uh but what we thought of it uh but we still uh spoke highly of it uh me and lady fat blood overall uh cinematography was beautiful soundtrack was amazing performances were good performances were great uh some of the action was solid uh but we had we had a few issues with it but we still rated it pretty high we still gave it like a b plus but people wanted us to give it an a plus and i was just like no i I can't a plus either my my nephew and i were talking about this movie he uh i gave it an eight foot eight point five and he gave it an eight point three okay and as such, again, it was kind of a little like uh, the the Lost City or uh, whatever that was called. I've already forgotten it. I, we talked. We just talked about it. The Lost City, yeah. It's like the Lost City in that it's clearly a movie. I don't think the director did this, but he might have, because you know, in Hollywood, when you're selling a movie, you have to say it's this meets this. And this was very clearly Conan the Barbarian meets Game of Thrones. And Godfather. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the studio goes, here's your money. Take your money. Make the movie. <laughs> and so, as such, so I'm watching it. And I loved, you know, first I loved him, the star. Yeah. And then, and I I liked all the male actors. Oh, I'm going to be showing my sexism. Here goes my <laughs> career. <laughs> and every time Anna Taylor-Joy showed up, I sort of went, what is this starlet doing in this realistic movie? <laughs> and then you know who showed up. Yeah. Nicole yes. Kidman showed up and I went, oh my God, it's turned into a zombie film. <laughs> I will do my impersonation of, of the first time. The first time Anna Tyler Joy showed up, my, my expression was like, Oh, okay. A movie star is in this movie. Oh, I about real people, but that's a movie star. Okay, fine. I can adjust to that. <laughs> and then when the whole Kidman showed up on screen, I did this. What brains? What you? I don't remember you looking like this the last time <clears throat> you. And it was just it took me right out of the film. You could have literally, the director could have grabbed me and just moved me out of the movie. Oh, my God. But every time it, she wasn't on screen, I was I was fine with the film. Yeah, it's Conan. I've always wanted them to make a great Conan the Barbarian movie. They never have. They've hey, hey, movie. hey, now. <laughs> I mean, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was a huge fan of Conan as a kid. I read all the books multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the fact that they're planning to do new ones now and also do the other Robert E. Howard characters because I love the other Robert E. Howard characters. Oh, my God. I think they're doing a great job, and that's good. Well, this movie was a pretty damn good Conan movie. And also, Ethan Hawke is great. And that guy, oh, yeah. And they don't come off as movie stars. No, no. Oh, yeah, I also saw The Black Phone, but I said, somebody asked if we were going to be doing The Black Phone on their show, and I said, that's hard. Right. Black Phone has a great ending. Don't it, spoil it. Don't spoil it. I won't, but it takes okay. too long to get there. Okay. That's your that's your I'll little Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh my God. Oh, you got me there, Rick. I'm over here crying. <laughs> I've done my job. 
So from from two different perspectives for different reasons, we kind of ended up at the same. Yeah. Yeah. The it's same. Not, um, it's not as good as it could have been, but right. it never was going to be because it was a sale to the studio. So he could. So this wonderful uh, director could keep making movies. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. All right. At least didn't make any money. Right. 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 All right. Let's move it on here. Oh, here we go. Now. Here we go, baby. It is time to talk about Rick Meyer's favorite film of 2022, Jurassic World Dominion. Rick, A plus, son, right? A plus. I absolutely, seeing Jurassic Park in the theaters for the first time, there, I have met, I have, I have more than a few unforgettable movie going experiences. That was one of them. That was just, I was so happy that I saw it when it first came out and I didn't go back and see it on video or whatever because it was truly magical when it first came out. The the leap from special effects in the previous movie to Jurassic Park was like day and night. Yeah. It wasn't a small step. It was a giant leap for movie kind. Yeah. And also it was beautifully made. And it was so smart and funny and, and incredibly human and effective. It was one of the great entertainments. And I think that came out the same year as Schindler's List. I think so. Yeah, the, yeah. Two, the two. I mean, seeing, I mean, Spielberg was a god to me at that time, seeing Schindler's List and Jurassic Park in the same year. Wow, I, I got to look that up. Wow, I think you're right, though. Yeah, so ever yeah. since I would what I watched, I saw the Jurassic, the sequel to Jurassic Park, and I sort of and I did this. I went, okay, <laughs> not great. Okay, it wasn't even very good. It was okay. Yeah, and the movies have kept going on. I mean, I enjoyed the remakes of Planet of the Apes. I thought they did a good job with the remakes of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but I. My, you know, one of my ongoing things is a producer who says, well, this is good enough for garbage. A producer who gets his hands on a brand or on a series of movies and sort of says, I can just do whatever the fuck I want because the audience is going to come to see it no matter what I do. So I'm not going to work hard. I'm not going to, I can't, I can't make it as good as the original Jurassic Park. So I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And this one is the ultimate fuck you audience movie. <laughs> it's for I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who liked it. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of fans. Yeah, and going, fans. You know, and that's fine. Dinosaurs mm-hmm. running around. Yeah, that's, they, that's if, all they need. If, exactly. If that's, yeah, that's eat, fine. Enjoy. If that's your yeah. cup of tea, drink hearty. But I, I, you know, it was kind of like falling in love with a wonderful person. And then seeing the pod version of that person come up to me and say, join us, Rick, be one of us. And I'm going, you have, you have shit on my lover. And I, I, I went to see it though. I still yeah. went to see it, so they got my, the money, but, and also I just look. And then the other thing that drove me uh, crazy and told me what it is, is, can you pull up the poster again? Can you bring up the poster? The epic conclusion of the Jurassic era. 
Mm. That is a fucking lie. <laughs> that is flatly not true. And that's all that I needed to know to see how cavalier and mercenary the producers were because they said, well, to get even more people into the theater, we're going to tell them it's the end. Mm -hmm. And that's BS. Yeah. And that's the way, that's how they treated me. And I don't respond well to that sort of treatment. But it's, it's, it's okay, Rick, because everybody's got force powers in the movie. Hey, so, you know, everyone's a Jedi. Why not? <laughs> why not? Well, you know, that's right. And I'm surprised they didn't say the epic Jedi conclusion <laughs> to get more people. That's, well, I think we talked about that last time where I was saying they cast uh, that person. Uh, they cast somebody to get them into the theater. Oh, yeah, Uncharted. They cast Spider-Man to mm -hmm. get Spider-Man fans in. Again, a mercenary move. Right. A good enough for garbage move. Yeah. I've said this, I think, before, but it bears repeating. My experience and the experience of many of my friends who still work in Hollywood, 80%, 20% of Hollywood filmmakers are geniuses, are awesome, are blindingly creative. 80% yeah. are venal backstabbing assholes. Right. So unfortunately, you're going to have these producers who, you know, it's good enough for garbage. Yeah. But, you know, you know. There's there's a lot of fans that enjoyed this, uh, had fun with this. When we when we got done, you know, the legacy characters had their moments. Go Bloom was funny, and when we when we got done seeing the theater, everyone clapped and the kids cheered. Yeah. You know, they they, will, they like it. I will say what I always say, which is, mm -hmm. glad you liked it. Wish right. I did. Yeah, yeah, and I've been saying that. Re <laughs> I've been saying that a lot recently about Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> and Disney Plus, but. I truly am glad you liked it. I like people liking anything. Now, me, yeah. like, again, I think we're on the same page here, Rick, coming from different perspectives, yeah. still having the same outcome. Yeah. Me, I didn't I didn't even expect this to be a good movie. <laughs> I went I went in. Now you, you, come on, it's me. I like the mindless. I like the I like the mindless, mindless carnage. I like all that. But sometimes I went in. To, I basically went in hoping that it, for me personally, that it was going to be good, bad. Yeah. It was going to be, and I can laugh at it and, and get entertainment out of that. And it was almost there. It was almost good, bad, but it still kind of failed in that era. I mean, come on. Every, the, the, everyone's fine with dinosaurs just walking around. Everybody's fine with it. Nobody is trying to, <laughs> nobody's trying to get my audience share. Right, right, right. right. Want. You want a 60-year-old. 68-year-old Kung Fu Santa writer into right. our... No, they, they want you. They want the kids. They And more power to them, except I unfortunately loved the original person, and this pod person was not going to make it. I don't grudge it. I yeah. don't grudge it. But for, for me, a lot of the scenes were just blue balls. Like this sequence yeah. right here... I was like, oh, okay, we got something good. We got some suspense, and then it just ends. Nope. This scene right here, I was like, all right, we got something good, some something suspense. Oh, no, it's over. And I got tired of that, you know, but well, that's just me. I well, uh, no, Yeah, and that and this is just me. So we didn't yeah. enjoy it. I hated it. And, uh, <laughs> let's move on. All right, let's move on. So uh, this next film we're going to talk about, we already reviewed it, but I, I, I can't wait to hear what Rick has to say. Uh, this next film we're about to talk about shows an example that, yes, 
It can be done. Yes, 30 bazillion years later, you can sequel something and it can be done. You can have a good script. You can have a good story. You can have the thrills, the spills that even top the original, unlike the movie we just got done talking about, Top Gun Maverick. Hell has frozen over no. for all for all the Terminator Dark Fates, for all, <laughs> for all the missteps of them trying to sequel uh, a property a whole bunch of years later and failing. I, I couldn't believe how good this was, Rick. I was very surprised. Well, I could believe because it's Tom Cruise's version of The Force Awakens in that this is a beat-for-beat remake of the original Top Gun with the attack on the Death Star from the original (laughs) Star Wars thrown in. And that, given that it is a beat-for-beat remake, Mm -hmm. why is it so good? Think about why it's so good. Because it does something virtually no movie has done since the original Jurassic Park. There is nothing that I'm aware of in this movie that isn't real. It's the difference between the Kung Fu movies of the 1970s and Kung Fu movies now. It's the difference between the adventure films of David Lean, you know, Lawrence of Arabia, and now there's just something about a person on a screen captured by a camera doing something real. Mm -hmm. Audience, I I am acutely aware of it because, you know, again, with the Kung Fu movies and the other things with science fiction, I've written books on science fiction films and fantasy films and Kung Fu films and all the rest of it. So I'm acutely aware of the difference between the effect real real Kung Fu has on me and trained people. You know, 36 Chamber of Shaolin versus The Matrix. One one is absolutely thrilling because another thing Kung Fu taught me is that we're all driven by chi, by inner energy, by the energy of the world around us. Humans are powered by chi. We're not plugged into the wall. We get our energy from inside ourselves and all around us. That stuff is tangible. So when you see a movie where where people are doing astonishingly great real things. Insane. Whether you know it or not, it is literally touching your soul Mm -hmm. in a way that movies with digital and visual effects simply cannot. There's Mm -hmm. The difference between this and Jurassic World Dominion is that was a cartoon. All those, the humans were human, but they were dealing with all cartoons. They were dealing with all animation and visual effects who had had all the effect of what's in between my two fingers. You see what's in between my two fingers? Nothing. It's air. But this, Tom Cruise actually did it. And the audio, and it hit me in the heart. It hit me in the soul. It hit me in the brain. It was like awesome. That's the difference. That's 
truly the magic of the movies. Yeah, yeah. And sure. it's kind of like when we, last time we talked about Ambulance, I still haven't seen it yet. And I still might <laughs> like it because it's me, you know, it's me, right? But you said that you, the thing that you mentioned was you like real. Yeah. And that movie kind of failed in the reality aspect and like the real, the realness of it. Cause everyone's rooting, you know, everyone was raving about the drone shots and all that. And you were just like, ah, it's just a drone shot, yeah. but it's not, you know, you, you, you like I'm, the, the keyword was real. I remember yeah. you mentioned that the last time about, am, about the ambulance. So actually, if you actually look at top gun Maverick, there's some really silly parts. There's really, you know, <laughs> you know it's kind of like the star Wars part, but never mentioning the villains. You know, uh -huh. all, all sorts of stuff. But since it's you can you can feel it, you can touch it, and it yeah. touches yeah. it touches the three places I'm looking for: heart, mind, or excuse me, heart, mind, soul. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. But I, you know, well, props to all the fighter pilots that did all the real stunts. I mean, these guys are just amazing. Tom, I loved I loved uh, the scene with Val. Yeah, with Iceman, that was great. That was sweet. That's what AI can do. That was the one false thing in the movie because he he wasn't actually talking, of course. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, just phenomenal. Was not expecting it. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Star Wars because I've seen a lot of reviews of people saying this is the best Star Wars movie in years, <laughs> which is hilarious, which is hilarious. And true. Uh, but yeah, so it can be done. It can be done, filmmakers out there. It By the way, done. it's not easy, but it can no. be done. It but again, filmmakers out there, the trick is don't try to do Top Gun Maverick. Try to do what Top Gun Maverick did with a smaller story. Mm -hmm. Don't try to copy other people. Don't try to make it big. It's absolutely true that a human tear can be more effective than the biggest explosion if you set it up right. Yep. Don't cry for the sake of crying. The movie has to work from a script standpoint. An emotion, all the pieces have to be interconnected. It's just like a good fight scene. It all has to have meaning, and the meaning should build. Which, in my opinion, did not work for me in, the, <laughs> in this next movie, but I want to hear what Rick has to say. Me and Alex uh, Richter, big shout out to oh! Alex, we, we reviewed this film, and uh, we came at it again with two different perspectives. Yeah. And uh, still, it did not go well uh, for this movie. But I want to hear what Rick has to say about uh, Yip Man, The Awakening. First, I want to find Alex. I said to Alex, um, you know, Alex is a, a real Wing Chun guy. Mm -hmm. And so he knows Wing Chun. But first, right. let me preface this by saying it all depends the mood I'm in. Okay. In other words, I'm jonesing. I'm I'm jonesing for kung fu. I mean, I've been I'm a junkie, and they've taken away my fixes because you know now the kung fu movies are China's trying to denigrate all the kung fu heritage. Well, these streaming services in China, you know, uh, the Chinese film bureau is going. We don't care about Wong Fei Hong anymore. We don't care about Feng Sai Yuk. We don't care right. about that. We want to denigrate them in the eyes of our people. So you guys can do whatever the fuck you want with them because we know you're not going to do a great job. <laughs> so Welco USA is reaping the benefit of this and is making great deals with these, what is it, 
uh, IQ, IQE, what's the name of the company? I forgot the name of the company that's doing them. I don't know if it's on and, here, but that's okay. But anyway, so it's a weird name. So so Welco USA is getting all these films onto Haya, their streaming service. Right. And I have their streaming service. Mm-hmm. So I do not come to these movies with a huge expectation because I've seen all the crap that China's been putting out the last couple of years. You know, the uh, the gold-plated poo, as, right. my, as, as my Ian Powers, my buddy in China, calls them. Yeah. And so my my level is very low. So, okay. so this one is Ipman the Awakening, because uh, we're doing another one later. We're doing another one of these movies later. Right, right. And I, so I'm just looking for anything. Okay. And so suddenly, now I will tell you what I said to Alex, what did you think of the Wing Chun in okay. The Awakening? And here's his quote, because I've got it on, you know, he wrote it out. Okay. <laughs> it's some of the worst I've ever seen. The story is absolutely horrid and has not even the faintest to do with the actual life of the Grand Master. Typical Chinese revisionist history. These things notwithstanding, the story and choreography really sucks too. Okay. Well, I agree with half of that. Okay. But again, I'm comparing it to what has been, what I've been seeing lately. Gotcha. All right. What I want you to look for, if you watch Ipman the Awakening, I enjoyed it. The okay. reason I enjoyed it is because these these uh, IQ movies or QI movies or Welgo Haya movies are short, sweet, silly, and fun. I should come up with another S word. What's an S word for fun? Um, I enjoy. Yeah. But the important is none of them are over ninety minutes long. Most of them are less than ninety minutes, and after. The Man from Toronto is one hour and 57 minutes. Yikes. Yes. <laughs> movies, I believe it, Mom, The Awakening may be 90 minutes, but it may also be 86 or 87. I'm pretty mm. sure the next one we're doing is 83. They move. Okay. They move. They're silly, too, because but, they're, but the important thing is they're not stupid. I disagree with Alex that they're not stupid. They're taking the cliches and the stereotypes of previous Kung Fu movies and the characters of previous, they have Wong Fei Hong movies. We're going to be doing a Fong Sayuk movie a little later. And this one's an Ip Man movie. And they're, and they're doing them in a larger than life television. If anybody's ever seen the Chinese, the Hong Kong and the Chinese television shows that are 30 to 60 episodes long, they're doing it in that style, but with, high-class movie video. They're not using film, of course. Okay. thing I loved about the fights in this is they do something which I wish more people would do. Alex is the, is the Kung Fu genius, and he's, to my mind, the Wing Chun genius, too. Uh, actually, I feel he's more the Wing Chun genius than the Kung Fu genius. I think I'm more the Kung Fu genius than he <laughs> Be- Because I know more styles. He's... But of course, he knows a lot of, you know, and he may prove to me the next time he sees me that he knows more styles mm-hmm. than May. Yeah. Um, the fight scenes in this are done very cleverly, in that the Wing Chun may be shit, but the fights are good because what he will do, unlike the fights in Snake Eyes, is they will start an action, 
right will cut to one of the fighters and they will have the reaction of the fighter I'll give you that. It, it, it was better than Snake Eyes in terms of filming the fights. Well, did you see it, Mom, The Awakening? Did you see it? Yeah, we reviewed it. Me and Alex reviewed okay. it together. Yeah. I just love the shots they had of it, Mon, when he was fighting. You would see him react. And also, the awesome thing is, that, of course, that's the kid from My Father is a Hero. That is That, that was cool seeing him. So I did say that in our review, cool. yeah. So, again, I love the way they shot this incorporating the acts, the actions and the reactions. So I've watched the fights multiple times. Okay. And I've admired that. I think the reactions, I will bow to whatever Alex says about the actions, but in terms of the reactions, I found the reactions accurate. And as such, I went, hallelujah. If I come away with these, from these movies with anything, right. I'm a happy camper. And I'm a happy camp. Okay. I can see that, especially uh um I'm I'm still sticking what my review was. <laughs> but yeah, but I can I can totally see expect you know your yeah. perspective because also because when you're comparing it to you know gold plated poo. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like uh, the plot of this one because you know it's the Ip Mon plot. I'm far yeah. happier with the Fong Sayuk plot because right. that's Fong Sayuk. That's they're taking stuff from Chinese movies rather than, you know, American hybrids. Right. So I, I appreciate that more. Um, uh, I think Alex was a little disappointed with my rating. Uh, I didn't give it a good rating, but I thought he thought he probably thought I was going to rate it lower than what I gave it. But I told Alex that there are levels to bad. <laughs> and I, I told him, what, what was, was it crazy fist? Was that, was, was that? just awesome? Yeah. Movie. Yeah, I told him. I was like, there's levels, man. There's levels. Yeah. And I asked him, have you seen it? And he was like, no. I was like, I dare you to watch it. And he's like, I don't want to. <laughs> if you look up so bad is good, Crazy Fist, there's a little picture of Crazy Fist. I don't know. I, even I destroyed that one. <laughs> you never forget Crazy Fist. That's true. I'll never forget it. Never forget. That's true. I'll never forget it. All right. So you got me interested on this one. I, I did not see this yeah. one yet. Uh, but I'm curious now. The unbending Mr. Fang. We're Fong Sayuk now. It's Fong Sayuk. All uh, right. So how's this one? This one's better than it might. Okay. Um, but it, it's better because it is very clearly, I mean, it's a serial. I mean, when I was growing up, I would watch a lot of television shows and I would watch a lot of movies on Channel 11 and Channel 9 and Channel 5. And they were all silly and they were all crazy. Have you ever watched uh, an old-time serial like Captain Marvel? Not like Flash Captain Gordon with Buster Crab? Of, of Spy Smasher, um, all these uh, all these serials. Yeah. This thing is 83 minutes long. Okay. It, it, has, it has a villain with pointed ears and tiger teeth. Okay. And it's, it's just taking every stereotype and cliche from all from these old television shows and putting them in one 83 minute movie that moves like a rocket. But Fong Sai-yuk is treated with respect. It's oh. actually Fong Sai-yuk. All he, right. Well, not, not, not the gently Fong Sai-yuk. They have his mom. They have the <laughs> fact that, you know, that he's always looking to fight. Yeah. And yeah. it's 83 minutes long. It moves. Okay. And it has a great cast and it's filmed well. I couldn't, I can't really distinguish the Kung Fu style. 
you know, it's the it's the mixed up martial arts. But no, it's not. It's mixed up kung fu. So what's another word for mixed up that has a K or an F in it? You know, it's it's kinky. It's kinky kung fu. It's kinetic kung fu. It's it's fabricated kung fu. But it's very enjoyable if you're not expecting 36 Chamber of Shaolin, if you're not expecting okay. the great classics of the past. Okay. What's the, you got it. This well, sounds kind of fun. Or to watching more of them. All right. All right. And you'll see them again at the uh, the uh, Kung Fu Extravaganza at San Diego Comic Con because I'll right. clips from them. Okay, cool. Show oh, sweet. I get to see some clips for sure. Awesome. All right. All right. Moving on. Man, the one movie that has introduced me to a brand new genre uh, that, uh, you know, brand new culture, brand new genre, something I, I didn't think I was going to like, something I kind of stayed away from because I wasn't sure. I was fascinated, but I wasn't sure to jump in. Uh, and I finally took the plunge and I'm so happy I dove off the cliff. And as I was falling, I was yelling, I regret nothing. And I went in there, came out smiling from ear to ear, from beginning to end, was completely surprised. I even love the music in this. I even enjoyed the songs. Who am I? Is this the multiverse samurai sitting here? That effect from you on you. I'm the bad influence on you, my friend. But uh, I gave it an A+. Plus. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. RRR, man. Wow. And I, I wish we got a chance to see it in theater. We tried to go see it in theater, but uh, it was out of theaters by the time we got around to it. But we watched it on Netflix and completely blown away. And I couldn't stop smiling. The Indian, When an Indian movie is good, and sometimes even when it's not that good, they, their formula... The formula for this is fascinating because I've seen a lot. I wanted after I finished my original uh, Kung Fu film or martial art movie book back in 1985, I was I wanted to do a, a book on in, on Bollywood. I wanted to do Bollywood film book. Mm-hmm. But my publisher said they're not translated. America okay. see enough of them. So the fact so but I had watched I still have watched a lot of them. They were just incredibly cathartic, these movies because they were all musicals. One of the craziest I ever saw was a Bollywood slasher film with seven musical numbers in it. All right. But it was a legitimate slasher film. (laughs) Wow. And it was also two and a half hours to two hours and 45 minutes long. That's what they do. They make all of these into not mindless entertainments, mindful entertainments. And I also saw one which was about two terrorist bombers falling in love. Again, seven musical numbers. And at the end of the movie, the two embrace because the young man is trying to get her to stop being a terrorist bomber. Yeah. And they blow up. Wow. Race and they explode. That's amazing. <laughs> That's our kind of ending. <laughs> Bollywood, at Bollywood at its best. And what they did here, because mm-hmm. I already told you about the other one on Netflix that I saw, and I've seen another movie since then. I'm I'm going through them. Sorvayanshi, the cop okay. movie on um, uh, Netflix. Ne- Netflix. Also great, and that I think you'll enjoy. And again, okay. everybody's got to watch that final, the end credit uh, dance uh, musical number because it's, I do what I want, fuck you. 
So um, <laughs> that's amazing. But RRR is kind of the ultimate. And what they're doing now is what I've seen them do in these other movies, which they're taking real life tragedies. India, of course, is a hotbed of terrorism. You know, and the war between India and Pakistan is just going on and on and on. And so they take actual historical figures and they take actual tragedies and they, they Bollywoodize them. They make them easy for the public to cheer because right. the actual situation is incredibly tragic. The yeah. actual terrorist attacks are incredibly tragic, but they Bollywood them. They, they India film them. There but RRR is kind of the ultimate version of this. They took two characters from history who actually existed, who, ne who lived in different times at the beginning of the fight for independence, and they had the meat, and then just had enormous amounts of fun. And <laughs> as you can attest, stunning, even staggering energy. Oh, the man. energy of this film. And again, even though the fights are not real, the dance number is. Yeah, <laughs> I was not expecting one of my favorite parts of the movie to be the dance number. Or I was not expecting that, but I was enjoying it so previous much. one that I talked about, Sergio Vianci. Yeah. Again, the dance numbers are unforgettable. The fights are completely elaborate. They're larger than life. They're right. Jack Chan uh, combined with Choi Hark. Everybody's flying. Everybody's. But remember what Bruce said emotional content. Yes. Emotional content. Hollywood has emotional concept coming out of every pore. Yeah. Coming out of the ears, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, every pore. Yeah. And as such, again, it's just like electric. It speaks to my heart, my mind, and my soul. And this movie is really the fights are, I mean, the fights, a lot of people talk about how great the fights are. The greats, the fights are nothing in this movie compared to the emotion and the dance number. It's just like a little bonus. <laughs> a little explosive bomb bonus. Yeah, I think someone asked in the comments, I was trying to find it to put it on the screen, but uh, yeah. they asked, they were trying to trying to ask both of us, do we prefer the, our fight scenes to be realistic and unrealistic? Uh, I'm both. It depends on the movie. I'm both. It depends oh, on the movie. I'm Yin Yang. I'm a Kung Fu student. I'm Yin Yang. Mm -hmm. Why do yeah. I have to choose one? Yeah. But it this all depends on the film. There you go. And I, I just, I, man, he beating the shit out of somebody with a motorcycle. Like it was so fun. It was so good. I've seen that before. I saw that in that great, uh, um, uh, Indo not Indonesian. I, we had it at the Kung Fu Extravaganza a couple of years ago where, where the, the hero who was played by a wrestler was beating somebody with a motorcycle. <laughs> and he was actually doing it, unlike right. this where it's on wires. Right, right, right. Again, here's the thing. I think I've said this before. It bears repeating. People ask me my favorite food, my favorite movie, my favorite book, my favorite, my favorite style of clothing. Whatever you ask me has the same answer always, which is great. I've had terrible Chinese food. I've had great Chinese food. So if you ask me which kind of fighting do I prefer, I prefer great fighting. If yeah. it's I've seen really bad unrealistic fighting, I've seen really mm -hmm. unrealistic fighting. Right. I want great. 
Same thing with realistic fighting. If mm-hmm. you're going to do it, do it great. Do it great. Yeah, and there I you go. It. And great is a, this is what I'm trying to teach to filmmakers, how to do it great. It's not just in the choreography. It's the whole setup. In order to, yeah. it, It's the same way I'm doing in this book project. I want by the end of this book project that I'm doing for you to just go, yeah. Yeah. That takes technique. It takes emo- it takes effort, emotion, <clears throat> passion, and compassion. It also takes knowledge of your technique, your style. Yeah. Movie, doing it in a movie is different than doing it in a book. I've been very lucky throughout my now, I think I started in night, I became a professional writer in 1973. I realized the other day when somebody was interviewing me that I've done everything I've ever wanted to do, except maybe video games. I'm still hoping to do a video game. So, but I've worked in every other entertainment medium, every single one. So I know them all now. Mm-hmm. I know the style and the format, and they each take a different approach. It takes total concentration, but it takes a different, you have to know the difference between writing a book and writing a comic book. And that is a comic book has six ways to communicate in every single panel, at least six. A book has only communicate, although you need to know how to use the format because in a book, you're God, you control everything. Right, 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 right. You know, and you have to control everything. I've worked with script writers who wanted, oh no, who book, uh, yes, uh, television makers who wanted to write a book. And they gave me their proposal. And it was clear that they were script writers because they left out everything that the costume designer would do, the set decorator would do, the lighter would do. They left all that out. And in a book, you need all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need my my mentor, the guy who wrote the Destroyer novels, uh, the Remo William that Remo Williams was based on. Mm-hmm. He had a list of the five senses up next to his typewriter, because this is this was that long ago. He was using a typewriter. And he said in every single scene, you have to know how the hero feels, thinks, sees, smells, you know, all the sensations. So, yeah. So basically, yeah, whatever you do, do it great. But you have to learn how to do it great. Right. And the only true judge of it is you. That's why your opinion is as valid as mine. Because you, Fat Samurai, one of the reasons that I love you so much and that we do this together is that you're not telling me how I feel. You're telling me how you feel. And yes. that's unarguable. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely true. That's how should be, debate should be. Of course. <laughs> great friction in our audience and yeah. agitation yeah. in our audience like all the news mm-hmm. media is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What else but, do we uh yeah, what yeah. really quick before before we move on, this yeah. was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> this oh, was I, so thrilling. I I, I was lo- I was loving this. Oh my god! You know why I love this? I wrote a script for Jackie Chan and Vincent Lin called Arms and the Woman, and what it was was Wizard of Oz meets Five Deadly Venoms, and so I had this Dorothy <laughs> going to try to find. It was called Arms and the Woman. I've been trying to sell it for years trying to find her sister who was kidnapped by white slavers. And she goes down to Mexico and she, and she starts doing the Wizard of Oz thing where she's trying to find somebody who will help her find them. And she finds five different people, one guy named Arms, one guy named Legs, one guy named Sparks, 
one guy named, oh, I think four guys. Oh, yeah, it was four guys because we were Oz. Um, and there and there was Smith. Smith was arms, legs, sparks, and Smith. And arms was amazing with his arms. Legs was amazing with his legs. Sparks was amazing with gadgets. And Smith was amazing with, because he never tells anybody until the end what his first name is. Can you guess what Smith's first name is? Go ahead. Gun. <laughs> Any with with a gun. He hated them though, because yeah. he, again, he hated the way they made him feel. He hated. He got frightened and power mad when he used his guns. And it, and when 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 the other guys meets Gun, he's in a village and he realizes he has to go back to his way. And so he goes and into the graveyard. There's a headstone with his name on it, Gunsmith. And Spark goes, that says you're dead. And and Gunsmith goes, what makes you think I'm not? Ah. He digs up his coffin and he opens it up and there are all the guns you could possibly imagine in his coffin. And they go fight this woman who has combined all the vices of the world into one company. She became, she's a marketing woman. So she sells women, she sells guns, she sells drugs, she sells everything you... Every illegal thing you can sell, she sells. And she has a factory out in the jungle. And our heroes go and attack. And, and Gunsmith puts on his calibrate suit, which is a bulletproof suit. And it, he, I just do everything I've ever wanted to with a gun, again, showing how the power of guns. At one point, they, all the villains, because everybody else has guns too, but he's in his bulletproof suit. And he's and he also has the get the uh, buzzsaw Gatling guns. These are actual real weapons that shoot 800 rounds a second. Oh my god! And they melt. You can't use them for long because they melt. So he has to take all these villains out because there are hundreds of them. But he is. But they. But the villain starts. The villainess shouts, "Shoot him! Keep shooting him in the chest!" So every time they shot me in the chest, they would knock me back because I was playing Gunsmith. Okay. Gunsmith was being knocked back, and he almost fell. He was being shot in the back, so he was falling forward. And all the heroes go, shoot him in the chest, shoot him in the chest. So they shoot me in the chest to right me again. <laughs> okay. and when they finally win, because I use all the bush saws, they take off my calibrate helmet, and I've been beaten to death. Hmm. I, I've, I've been beaten to death by the bullets, because that's the way it works. So now you know the whole movie. But... <laughs> The reason I brought that up mm -hmm. is that, of course, in my movie, Arms, during the fight, Arms is rendered incapable of using his arms. And mm -hmm. Leg is rendered incapable of using his legs. Right. So they do that! <laughs> I know these guys, even though a lot of people in Hong Kong have read Arms and the Woman, I'm pretty sure they didn't steal from me. But that's exactly what I wanted to do in that movie. Exactly. Wow. So when I saw it, I just went, you guys are awesome with me. Did I write this movie? Did I write this? No. I the director wrote it, and he did a, a great job taking those two characters. Well, you, you, you had me at Wizard of Oz meets five, five Deadly Venoms. Right. So you had, me, you had me on board with that one for sure. But okay. yeah, after this, after this, uh, Bollywood, Tollywood, Samurai Guys all in, and you got to send me the name of the, yeah, of the, uh, the slasher. I got to see the slasher now. Well, it's an old one, so I don't even know the name anymore. That was before it was on Netflix and stuff. Meanwhile, I saw another Indian movie 
on um, Netflix called CBI5, The Brain. Hmm. Two hours and 45 minutes. Okay. No action, no musical numbers. I loved it. Okay. I was amazed how much I loved it because I'm also, in addition to being a science fiction writer of America, I'm a mystery writer of America. I've gotten two awards for my mystery books. And also I've written my fair, I did a Dungeons and Dragons book that had, I did something unique in the history of the mystery. No other mystery in history has done what I did in Murder in Halrua. I can show you what that looks like if you guys want to order it. Um, because I love it. I love that book. Um, while you're looking, uh, while you're looking, uh, Lady oh. Dana says, "I need this movie made." Rick, <laughs> sounds fucking oh, awesome. Oh, let's all work together. But this is this is my Dungeons and Dragons Murder in Hell Rua book. It is a mystery, and uh, it's um, CBI uh, Five. The Brain is about a detective character. He's C- He's the CBI, the Calcutta Bureau of Investigation. And it's a real place. And it starts with one of his students teaching a bunch of young students at the university about how. And the whole movie is just a chess game of a murderer versus a detective. And the last 45 minutes is one of the great sustained murder mystery denouements I've ever seen. Because I loved the original Murder on the Art Express and many other great mystery movies where they do the great denouement at the end, Charlie Chan movies, that sort of stuff, Hercule Poirot, all these guys. This 45 minutes of a hero, the the detective versus the villain, and they keep turning it back on each other using the same set of clues. A Dungeons and Dragons mystery movie. I'm down for that. Well, that's that's different. I mean, mean, the book, yeah. Yeah, the book... The the book, what uh, the editor at the, there was three books. There was supposed to be five books. It's called A Fantasy Mystery. Mm -hmm. They hired Edgar Award winning authors of whom I am one. And uh, we all were supposed to do it in the style of our favorite detective writer. And I did this in the style of the very little known. One person did it Sherlock Holmes. One person did Nero Wolf. I did Ellery Queen. Ellery Queen is an astonishing mystery writer. He did one book that I based this on called The Murderer is a Fox, where he solves the mystery three times using the same set of clues. So that's what I that's one of the reasons I love CBI. So okay. anyway, our art okay. is just um, so yeah, these these are joyful. Now we're gonna get down and dirty. Are we going to TV yet? Uh, almost, almost. Uh, Bo has a he has a question off. Yes, this is an off-topic question. Is there Jif peanut butter and Cali? <laughs> you know, to be honest, I actually don't know, Bo. I, I know. don't know. Oh, there is. I live in I live in Connecticut, and there's Jif in Connecticut. Where do you? Okay. Live? Bo, tell me where you live. If you yeah, want, let us know. Let us know where you live, Bo. I will send you some. Oh, look at that! Straight for straight. For it. <laughs> there you go. You have to pay for it, but Rick will send it to you. There you go. Uh, you had some other comments in here of people uh, saying they still want that <laughs> Wizard of Oz <laughs> meets five uh, Deadly Venoms. Uh. Script is written. Yeah. Script yeah. is done. I t- recently, who did I just send it to? Oh, yeah, I sent it to the um, uh, this Canadian film company who wanted who wanted martial art movies. 
but it was too expensive for them. They wanted really cheap ones. Copy this that. One, this one isn't wildly expensive, but it's it's still got a, a fairly large cast. It's got the four main. It's got the girl and the four. The girl is only known as the girl. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, really quick, those of you that are joining us, thank you for hanging out with us today. We're almost done. We're getting close. But just a quick reminder, Films of Fury. Get and, your book. Get the book. And, and get the DVD. Yes. Yes. And Target. Target. The the new uh, Target movie. Uh, Paramount Pictures has bought the rights for Target to be made into a Paramount Plus show. So we'll see what happens. Oh, shit. Oh, we got to get together and talk about that, Rick, if that comes out. All right. We have one more uh film documentary and then the two shows and then that's it for the day yeah uh man was this a, a this was a good watch right here yeah kung fu stuntman never say no the this was this was a really good documentary i enjoyed it um my my favorite part well there's a lot of parts in it that i i enjoyed much respect to all of those guys over there but I love the little bonus uh, shout out to uh, uh, is, is it Lam Ching Ying? Lam Ching Ying. Yeah, I I enjoyed the little bonus uh, shout out they gave to him and the it was I was getting ready to turn it off because it went to credits, and then I let the credits keep going and then they had that extra bonus scene uh, where everybody was talking nice uh, about him because he's phenomenal, phenomenal guy. I but think, I yeah, the only thing that, the only thing this documentary was missing, Rick, was interviews with you and Frank Jang. <laughs> Well, we've we've done enough of those. That's true. <laughs> if you pick up, if you pick up um, the uh, uh, Kung Fu Trailers of Fury, Kung Fu Trailers of Fury, which is on Blu-ray and DVD, Frank and I have a documentary on the history of Kung Fu films in the back of that. Nice, nice. Bo said he's a, he's in North Carolina. Man, I will get you. You tell me what you want. You pay for it. Uh, I will send it to you. I will. I'll have to get you the uh, shipping because I'm going to make sure that it doesn't break. Thankfully, Jeff, I think is uh, plastic plastic container, so it's yeah. unlikely it'll break. But I'll make sure they don't break. You tell me how many you want. You tell me what kind. Do you if want Bo to hit you up on Facebook or? Yeah, you do on Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram. Uh, you can you can email me. I mean, if uh, you think I should give them my email address. That's your call. <laughs> well, have you had any nightmarish events on that? Any crashes? What? My no, Kung Fu Rick at gmail.com. But spell there you go, Bo. right. Yeah. There you go, Bo. R-I-C-M-E-Y-E-R-S. Or you can get me on Facebook because, you yeah. know, I have my own page. And it's in the description box below of this video, yeah, too, Bo. Yeah, yeah just uh, Instagram and all that stuff. Tell me what you want. If you want, I will go to the store and I'll take a picture of the GIF that's available. There you go. The different kinds of GIF, because they're like five. Six is times. GIF is GIF rare or something? Or for him, apparently in North Carolina and California it is, but oh, not. Okay, I've had it all my life. All right, so Rick, uh, quickly, yeah. you want to talk about Kung Fu stuff? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is kismet for the Kung Fu film fan. For people who don't know Kung Fu films very very well, some of their faces might be unfamiliar, but the there's the stories are incredible. I know all these guys. Uh, I met a lot of them, and I am so happy that they did. Oh yeah, there's Mars. I can. Mars. I should have. I should. Uh, I should have sent you the picture of me with Mars. <laughs> I, you could have put that up after that. Um, and I respect these guys incredibly because they put their bodies on the line. Yes. 
I mean, people are saying, why don't they have stuntmen for uh, La Calionga? I said, because there were no stuntmen for La Calionga. I mean, they did it all themselves. They were the Gene Kelly and the Fred Astaire mm-hmm. of the industry. But yeah, this is this is awesome. It's just, it's it's these guys deserve this so much. Oh and yeah, I'm so happy, and it, they did it as, and they also subtitled it, which was very kind of them. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I didn't know that when uh, Bruce Lee passed away that the the the, the action movie industry kind of dipped. Oh and my a God. lot of these a lot of these stuntmen had to they didn't have any work. I didn't know that. That's why they had to wait five years for La Cal Young to come into it. Because Bruce died in 73, and his first his first movie as a director was 78. Yeah, and uh they they were a great credit, well deserved to the master, La Cal Young. Yeah. They were saying that, you know, people got so much interest into Kung Fu movies again when his films started to come out. He did something completely hip he and uh, night excuse me i made a mistake i apologize jackie chan was 1978 okay young was 1975 and okay, six, okay and they built so he created because he wasn't he worked with bruce lee when they were both child actors but lakal young did something and bruce i mean jackie did something completely different mm-hmm so that's what made people went, oh, okay, that's not, they're not trying. Everybody else was copying Bruce. And that's why everything dipped, because everybody was doing the ripoffs. Right, right, They didn't right. treat the genre with respect or the mm-hmm. art with respect. Yeah. So, you know, so that was just tremendous. And they put, they literally put their lives on the line for you, <sighs> the audience. Oh, my God. All the Chin Carlock stunts, the oh. footage. They showed of him like missing, missing his mark and falling on his head, and oh my god, like that. Th- this guy's a, he's another legend. There's that meme they have going around, which shows the actors with their stuntmen, and then the last pic. The joke is that the last picture is with Jackie Chan, with no stuntmen. And I'm going, no, no, Chin Carlock was his stuntman in at least two movies. Yeah, I think it was Dragons Forever was one of Dragons them. Dragons right? Forever was one, mm-hmm. and. Thunder, Thunderbolt was another okay, one. Okay. one that doesn't get out very much. It was the car racing movie. Probably one of the most craziest stunt uh, was this scene here. Oh my uh, god! These guys talked about that. This was insane. Yeah, I, I was. I was like, oh my god! Like this stunt was just like, how did nobody die? That that is the question. These yeah. guys. Well, I mean, they missed the target. They constantly missed the target. And it wasn't enough to just fall out of a a building with an explosion behind him. Chin Carlock had to hit his head Mm -hmm. on the scaffolding sticking out there. I was was just, oh, man. But they mostly missed it. Yeah, if you went to work with Sammo Hung, you had to love Sammo Hung. Yeah, they were saying stuntmen were like, no, oh, I can get work with Sammo? Oh, no, I'm good. (laughs) Like they didn't want to do it. He's he's he, Samo is like sounds like Michael Bay, except not with toy cars. He's yeah. with actual people. He's just yeah. Oh <laughs> but yeah, much respect uh to all of them and uh, a great documentary. You guys watching should check it out. It's also sure. on Haya. On the yes. any kung fu fan at all should get Haya because They've mm-hmm. got a lot of really great stuff, and they're putting new, more of the classics on all the time. Yes, writing, uh, writing wrongs just dropped. Yeah, Shanghai, um, Shanghai is coming up. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely check it out, all you Kung Fu movie fans out there. All right. I did a whole rant about this. I talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly. It is time for Rick to talk about (sighs) Help Me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, in all honesty, I really can't talk about it without talking about Ms. Marvel as well. Okay. They overlapped for two weeks. They both came on the Wednesday. Okay. And one is Marvel, and they're both on Disney Plus. So here's the deal. Which I have not seen. Yeah. You haven't seen oh, yeah, Ms. Go ahead. Ms. Marvel, I loved it because Ms. Marvel was an antidote to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wow. Kenobi was not an antidote to Ms. Marvel, but was a yang to Ms. Marvel's yin. Okay. So they worked very well together. And the other thing that I did every Wednesday, I would watch Obi-Wan first, Ms. Marvel next, and then I would go to YouTube and I would watch the Easter egg shorts of Screen Crush and New Rockstars, who told us, went through the both shows scene by scene to show everything that we may have missed or we didn't pick up. That added enormously. And what Screen Crush, uh, what's it, Emergency Awesome, the British one, the, the same thing on YouTube, mm. um, and Screen Crush all pointed out was that there were six episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi for a reason. Okay. And that's because they are doing with Obi-Wan Kenobi what Lucas did with the prequels and what Lucas did with Star Wars, which was nothing in Star Wars is original. It's all based on something else. It's all inspired. Mm -hmm. The only reason he did Star Wars in the first place is he couldn't get the film rights to Flash Gordon. So he did his version. And if you see the first movie, you'll see Doom, you'll see Little Fuzzies, you'll see Dam Busters, you'll see all manner of stuff he throws in. There's nothing in that movie that he hadn't already seen somewhere else. So, then he does the prequels. And then Disney starts doing the remakes of the prequels. Force Awakens, etc., etc. So everybody's trying to cure the other part. So what Obi-Wan Kenobi, they're taking the six post- they're taking the first six Star Wars movies. The whole idea, the whole idea of Disney has been to get rid of the taste of the prequels from the audience's mouths. They tried to do that with the movies, but they they uh, they were playing chicken and they chickened. They played they chickened out. Right. And then they just got deeper and deeper into shit. Mm-hmm. But now we have Favreau. Now we have Filoni. Now we have Feige. And they're saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to rejigger it. Because they were all royally pissed that Disney just did a blanket thing saying all the all the Star Wars comics, all the Star Wars books are not canon. Right. I remember that. That's bullshit. Yeah. Those were the best things that mm-hmm. they did in Star Wars. Because, because George Lucas wasn't controlling them. He could He didn't read over the book and say, you can't put this in. He didn't go onto the set and said, you can't have that act. You can't have good writing. You can't have good acting. No, 
these were good. So what's happening is they're now threading them through. They're rejiggering the story. And I was going to love Obi-Wan Kenobi. It, it is extremely flawed. There is mm -hmm. one thing that Star Wars doesn't have any of now, which is there is absolutely no urgency or suspense mm -hmm. because we know how it ends. Exactly. So it's like I'm watching these fight scenes. And I'm watching these chase scenes. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, you know, come back to me. Everybody's like this. <laughs> I mean, the the gigantic Darth Vader ship is following the ship in the in this last. I think it's the last episode, the second last. Yeah, episode, yeah. And they're yeah. firing at them. Yeah. Everybody on board, a whole bunch of women and children, and innocent people, and you know, Princess Leia as a child. Yeah. And they're all kind of oh, so what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, we're just hanging out. What do you want to do? You know, oh, well, we got to fix this thing. Well, you know, I'll fix this thing. And it's like, and the first, the first confrontation between Obi-Wan and Darth is that they face each other. And, and Obi-Wan trots away. Yeah, he runs away, yeah. But he's more walking than he is running. He turns around and leaves. And what is, what is Darth doing? He stands there. <laughs> and the next scene, you see Obi-Wan coming up like, I mean, not fast. And the final, and it's the same thing. I mean, there's no urgency. There's no suspense. I did love my favorite scene in the whole series, and I absolutely adore it, is the flashback fight between Anakin yeah. and Obi-Wan. That is yeah. choreographed because, again, it's doing what I'm saying. The character is everything mm -hmm. in character. And the, the power of the sequence is from their personalities and their characters and their interaction and their story. And right. also, for the very first time, Hayden Christensen was allowed to act in a Star Wars thing. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was straightjacketed in the original. Mm -hmm, he was. I asked someone who's been on your show before to ask who she, he was friends with Natalie Portman. And I had him ask mm. Natalie Portman how George Lucas directed them in the prequels. And basically her answer was, he basically said, said it say it faster. Mm. No, don't say it with emotion, just say it. It shows. All, <laughs> yeah. All these wonderful actors, except for McDermott, who knows how to get around that kind of crap as mm -hmm. an English trained actor. Right. We're, we're just completely straightjacket. And Hayden went crazy. Christensen went crazy. And here he finally gets to show what he can do. Mm -hmm. He could have always done. And of course, I love Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I mean. They both were good in the, in the show. Yeah. If you watch him and then you watch uh, um, Obi-Wan in the, in the original movie, you see the little things Ewan is doing to echo Alec Guinness. Yeah. So that kind of, so again, I was. That's a positive, yeah. And we yeah. said that too, yeah. I disliked most of the Star Wars movies. I've tolerated some others. I've mm -hmm. only loved two. 
So when I came to this, I wasn't expecting, I mean, Mandalorian I love, because Mandalorian isn't a Star Wars thing as far as I'm concerned. It's it's Lone Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub, yeah. Man with no name. Mm-hmm. In his case, man with no face, although they gave him a face eventually. And, and you know, and Lone Wolf and Cub. So I, I am not expecting originality from anything in Star Wars. Right. So I'm not carrying that yoke. So I'm able to just sit back and go, what, give me, let me get what I can get out of you. Okay. You know, I, I can, I can get through all this. Oh, look, there's a peanut. Yay. There's a peanut. Oh, small piece of chocolate. Oh, M&M. M&M. Oh, a peanut M&M. It's the trail. Yeah. It's the trail mix. You're looking for those M&Ms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so as such, I didn't, I, I wasn't depressed because I wasn't expecting anything. Mm. Anything that's better than crap, which I felt most of the movies were. Awesome. I got something out of this. All right. I can see, I can see the brains behind it. Now, Ms. Marvel. Okay. That's, that's a different deal. That's special because I love new cultures. And this is, you know, what a lot of, a lot of the racists and the assholes and the bigots, you know, oh, it's more woke. And they always, I love the way they use woke like a four letter word. <laughs> Woke is good. Woke is giving me more. Uh, you know, when somebody said, how would you feel if they cast James Bond as an African American, African Englishman? And I'd go, as long as he was great, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, Idris, he, Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, whoever. My friend, uh, my friend who was in uh, the last one, uh, No Time to Die, George uh, Ellis. But oh, in yeah. Case, who looks just like Idris Elba. But so in this case, I love the color. I love the energy. I mean, it's still it's still, you know, going a little long. They could be moving faster. But I'm anxious for each episode because it's it's fun. It's fun. That's what I'm hearing. I yeah. wasn't really interested. I was just, I saw the trailer and I was just like, ah, this is, it doesn't look like it's for me like in terms of demographic, but cool. I have heard. Hey, you loved RRR, man. You loved RRR. <laughs> well, I'll only I don't know, man. Moon Moon Knight destroyed me, but I uh, I don't know. It's up to the it's up to the movie dojo army. Maybe I'll do a poll rating and the see Moon if Knight. they want if they really want Samurai Guy to watch the show and review yeah, it. Yeah. Samurai Guy. Yeah. Let's wait till it's over. Okay. We'll talk about okay. it in July. We'll talk about okay because it. it'll be over in July. We'll talk about minions. We'll talk. Okay. About, uh, we'll talk about uh, Thor. We'll talk about yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about. But Moon I Knight. have heard. I haven't watched reviews, but I have heard that people really like uh, Kamala Khan. They think he's a very likable act, uh, character. He's got an amazing. And I, I did hear that it's a fun show. I did all hear that. Actors are great. Okay. All the actors are great. Kamala, I mean, she's not. I love it that she's a human being, not a superhero. And there's just something about her face. Sometimes when they do these full shots of her face, it's kind of like I go, "Ooh, <laughs> you know, wow, look at her." It's yeah. just going to her eyes yeah man she's so yeah the, the, it's it's a very worthwhile show and i'm looking for it but i won't know until the end whether it's really good or not okay okay yo keep me posted then keep me posted of course yeah are we good uh, but how was the action how was the the the, the, the... action yet okay now nice. okay it's one of those movies where she's just learning her powers okay there's only been a couple of fight scenes and she's moving a lot faster in those in the final in the this is the only the third episode. In the third episode, they have their first major fight scene. Okay. And and I'm going, oh, she's moving a lot faster than she should be. 
right, right, right. It's kind of like what's her name? Uh, the Hawkeye girl, the Hawkeye okay. girl, uh, first major fight scene that she does in Hawkeye, where it's got you look like you've been training in a lot more than you know bows and arrows. But I'll see how it develops, and okay. so it's very enjoyable, very refreshing. All right. It's up. It's up to the movie dojo army if they want to see Samurai oh, review. Because <laughs> right now, right now, I'm absolutely loving the boys, and I just started Umbrella Academy, and yep. I'm enjoying that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be up to the movie dojo army. But yeah, we have we've made it. We had a lot to talk about today. We had a lot of content, uh, but we have made it. We have finished. Uh, oh. Also, in July, we'll be, uh, uh, Samurai and I, I will be talking about. The, Sandy, the 25th annual San Diego Comic-Con Kung Fu Extravaganza. We'll give you a lowdown of all the things we showed, and we'll also give you a lowdown on the Comic-Con. And I, w- I can't wait to hear Samurai Guy's take on the whole show. <laughs> yes, I have not announced it yet, officially. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll do, a, I'll do a little bootleg quick one right now. So, uh, Samurai Guy, amongst a whole bunch of other badasses and great asses, uh, we'll be at uh, the Kung Fu Extravaganza 25th anniversary show, the panel. So if you guys are going to be at Comic-Con and you see Samurai Guy walking around, make sure you say hi and uh, we'll hang out, take some photos, have some fun, are and you, uh, make sure you come, come to the panel. All right. Are you staying for the whole convention? Uh, I'm going to drive down that Thursday. Okay. I'll go early until yeah. the until the event, and then I'll probably end up coming back for one more day. Okay. I'm not sure which day, though. Well, keep but if you storm, folks, because thanks to me, he has a five-day badge. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah, it's you. always an honor having you here. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, really quick. Don't forget, tomorrow, guys, is going to be a little early. Uh, so if you can make it, uh, that would be awesome. If you can't, make sure you watch afterwards. But I have a very extremely entertaining guest tomorrow. So Bruce... Willow, oh, he this guy is so entertaining, he makes me smile when I watch his content on Instagram and YouTube. This guy is phenomenal. He'll be hanging out with Samurai Guy tomorrow at 1 30 p.m. Pacific time, so it's a little earlier than usual. So, uh, feel free to stop by if you can and say hello. If not, make sure you guys watch it uh, afterwards. And, uh, everybody, now that you know my email as well as my, you can get me on Facebook, if you have any questions at all. I mean, I teach for a living, I write for a living. So if you have any questions about anything, I'm happy. If, you, if you're interested in my answer, I'm happy to give you. There you go. There you go. He's cool like that. He's cool like that. All right, guys. Thanks again for watching. And if you're new here, thanks for stopping by. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Take care.